0: Two Jedi Masters become the mentor of a boy who will change the face of the entire galaxy as they know it. In the meantime, they're going to have to deal with trade federations, global political power struggles, and of course, hierarchies on distant planets. This is the first episode of Star Wars. This is our review of The Phantom Menace. Welcome to Star Wars Week.
1: Din, din, dun din, din, dun din, din, din.
0: Welcome to Star Wars Week, a series of podcasts from Bell Entertainment all about the history of Star Wars, starting of course today on the 11th of December uh, with our review of The Phantom Menace, the first chapter, although technically the fourth chapter of the Star Wars mythos. We should subtitle this episode,
1: The Only Way Is Up,
0: (laughs) Baby! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we'll basically just kick into it because these are going to be shorter short podcast because you've got stuff to do. You're getting ready to go and see The Force Awakens in just seven little days. Oh. Uh, well, six days for us, but <clears throat> seven days for most of the world. Uh, but here we go then. So we've already covered the basic plot of... Uh, Phantom Menace and it is great theme tune by the way. Yeah, I mean, it was really impressive, it was really good editing as well. you see how it, it sounded like professional music? It really in the background. did, just like rights free and everything. I oh, know, right? It, Christmas has come early, it has. So, the first question we should probably be asking about ourselves is because the Phantom Menace is very much the redheaded stepchild of this entire franchise, is, is Phantom Menace really all that bad?
1: I've often had a theory on this, yeah. You would like to hear this theory? Go info? ahead. I think that that Phantom Menace suffers by comparison to its brothers. I think if Phantom Menace was not a Star Wars film, it was just a regular old sci-fi film, I don't think it would have the the reputation it has now. I think because you're comparing it to, at the time, three perfect movies and what later became four perfect movies and one uh, in the middle one, it suffers by comparison. I think it's a run in the Mill sci-fi movie. There are very very good points in the Phantom Menace which we're we going to touch on over the next uh, couple of minutes. Yeah. That I really like, but there is undeniably a lot wrong with this movie.
0: Yes, and it's probably due to the fact of the level of hype it received. Now we are in now in a similar situation with the Force Awakens where we are getting in you know we're building up, we're getting trailers <laughs> and posters and everything was ramping up. I remember seeing the very iconic image of of Jake Lloyd as Anakin Skywalker uh, and him casting a shadow of Darth Vader. That is what got me excited.
1: In my opinion, the greatest movie poster of all time. It's definitely up there. In terms of capturing everything everyone was excited about and looking forward to and just getting it in one simple image, perfect.
0: And, of course, like the actual official poster that was then used on everything afterwards, the Drew Struzan illustrated one, is still very good. It still goes with the, the theme Mm-hmm. Uh, of these of, of these big space epics and it is very very effective. like I say, I just think it was one of those movies where it was probably a little bit too commercialized, it relied a little bit too much on its previous name and of course
1: we have to talk about George Lucas. We do but let, let me just ask you this, right At the time so back in 1999 Nine? 1999 what did you think of this movie? When you were but a little man of... Not very old. Um,
0: I liked it at the time, but then I grew up with the original trilogy. I grew up watching those movies, and I was like, oh, they're making more, and at the time... I'll put it this way. Infant Mike really enjoyed the film Small Soldiers and thought it was as good as Toy Story.
1: Infant oh, it in didn't...
0: the face. <laughs> Infant Mike didn't make any sense, but <laughs> so did a lot of kids back then. Sorry, not Toy Soldiers, Small Soldiers. Um...
1: Which, Which is more? is awful.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed that movie and thought it was as good as Toy Story because my infant little mad did not know what to do.
1: I was the same. I had I had a Jar Jar Binks um, tongue sticky thing. Oh, from KFC. Yes. Yeah, we all had thing. one.
0: And of course, I had the the um, I had a Pitroid alarm clock and a stancing Jar Jar Binks. And my friend had all three piggy banks that was Kenobi, Qui Gon, and Maul fighting, and it was the best thing ever. Halcyon days. I've still got my Quagandian lightsaber it, it was, as well. Uh, so I see what I mean? The best things we remember about <clears throat> Phantom Menace, are the toys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. When, when we came along at what would have been the similar age to people that first got to see New Hope, this was ever new hope. It was. And obviously, it didn't go as well, <laughs> but I think at the time, I remember it was, back in 99, everyone was pretty high on the Phantom Menace. It's only retroactively that it's kind of... It was still a success. It was a mind-blowing success, you know what I mean? It's It didn't tank the brand as bad as people make out, but... But I still think that a lot of that blame lies with George
0: Lucas and the over-commercialisation of the franchise when it's really the story we care about. And luckily,
1: it's looking like Force Awakens is going to go more in that direction. We hope, fingers crossed. Well, this is the thing about George Lucas. He's a very hard man to pin down sometimes of exactly what he does right and what he does wrong. Because Correct. he had a lot of restrictions put on him especially with well, in the original trilogy a lot of restrictions both self-made and from a studio were placed on him both unfortunate like him basically having a heart attack in the middle of production leading up to Empire Strikes Back and having to go to hospital um, and stuff like this whereas he came at Phantom Menace not as the kind of the, you know the starving artist type of guy or the me against the world type of mentality everyone wanted George Lucas to succeed he yeah. had all the power So he had a lot of yes men. This is what in documentaries about Phantom Ace and what went wrong, quote unquote. A lot of blame is placed on his kind of, the team around him. His producers, his writers, his editors. It makes sense. And the fact that no one was able to say no, and it does make a lot of sense.
0: You know what was unfortunate though? A lot of people said yes to be in what most people consider to be the worst character in Star Wars ever in this movie. We have to talk about him
1: at some point, so let's get Jar Jar Binks out the way. I feel it's best we get him out this early in our six podcast. Yeah. We just get Jar Jar and let's just let's just dissect that Gungan prick. Um, <laughs> oh, kids loved him. Kids loved him. I loved him. He was wacky and fun and outrageous. Fun. Oh, sorry. Um, Pavlovian. Yeah, he was fun at the time, but don't get me wrong for a second to think that I still have nostalgia for the character, I see <laughs> just how bad it is, to the point that I think he may be the worst character in movie history.
0: It's definitely, he's definitely up there, I'll put it that way, I don't know whether, and now fuck it, yeah, he is, he is the the worst character in movie history because he's a character that embodies everything that was wrong about that movie. He yes. was the one that was all the toys. We remember the toys quite fondly. Pretty much near enough all of Jar Jar. He, he's a character that solidifies the area in which the movie was made. Early CG. When CG was starting to reach its prominence. Mm-hmm. Toy Story perfected it. And unfortunately, not two, three years later, Star Wars Episode One ruined it again. Because Jar Jar doesn't look believable when you look back, he does no. look like a cartoon character. He moves like a cartoon character. He sounds like a racist cartoon character. He's a very unfortunate product of the George Lucas toy brand hive mind, hive mind rather.
1: But there, are, there is basis for this type of thing in the original trilogy. The Ewoks. Yeah, are the often Ewoks blamed. are never
0: referred to his name. That's something we'll come back to. Exactly, the but other
1: one. The Ewoks were basically thought of as this is just George Lucas trying to sell teddy bears. And it worked. But I think the 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 Ewoks of hell looked better because they had more to do. There was more payfos to them.
0: To quote Simon Pegg in Spaced, Jar Jar makes the Ewoks looks like, look like effing Shaft.
1: Essentially, yes. Yeah, because <laughs> the Ewoks means, are cause... cool. Jar Jar's not cool. But, okay, there's no need for us to sit here and, and wax lyrically about how bad a character is. But to give George Lucas some credit, he knew how badly Jar Jar went out. Yeah. And there is a significant phasing out over clones and Sif in that he has... He actually has a pivotal role in clones, but he's very much... Does he have the one line, is it, and then he's out? No, that's Sif. In Sif, he only says, excuse me, and that is it. He does have one or two scenes in clones that are actually quite important in the grand scheme of things, but Mm. he himself is majorly downplayed. Though I do give George C- credit uh, George Lucas credit for this, the working title of Star Wars Episode 2 was Jar Jar's Big Adventure. <laughs> he was like he knew he wasn't going to be that, but he just took the mick by calling it that. Um so yeah, he, George Lucas understood that. The backlash, even though we were oblivious to it as kids, happened and he was reduced, thankfully. Mm-hmm. So I have to give George Lucas credit for that. But have you read the recent theory about what was actually the plan for Jar Jar Binks? Uh, I have not. If you could summarise it very quickly, that'd be awesome. <clears throat> the theory. Now, this is a fanfic, basically. It's a very well researched and poignant on the level of James Bond is a code name type of level. Jar Jar was meant to be a Sith Lord, not just a Sith Lord, the Sith Lord, above even the Emperor, because of he basically points out that how this like ridiculously calamity character. He's incredibly good at not dying and just, you know, performing these great leaps of (laughs) of strength that only usually Jedis can do. Like, jumping great heights, perfect accuracy, shooting all these people in a massive battle, taking down a tank single-handedly, even though he's a bumbling idiot. And he's the one, in Clones, that instigates the change, basically. He gives the power to to, uh, Palpatine that leads to him being the Emperor. Is he a puppet, or was he actually the mastermind? He knew... They positioned themselves perfectly. you know, able to do this. They're both from Naboo. They could... Yeah. You know. mm. It's a very good fanfic, and uh, the, yeah. the thinking is that they abandoned it, and that's why came Dooku, who wasn't mentioned in Phantom Menace, is then crowbarred into that position in Attack of the Clones. Makes a lot of sense. I don't believe it. No, I don't believe it. But it's very interesting. Go give it a look. It kind of did the rounds... Um, Last week. But let's let's just please move away from George Can we talk about characters we like? We can. Obi Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn. I have to make a distinction here. Go on. And uh, this is just uh, um this stands for at least Phantom and Clones. I'm not a Ewan McGregor fan as Obi Wan Kenobi. Really? Especially in the first two movies. Sif is a different kettle of fish, we're gonna touch on that in a moment. But yeah. I found him just as wooden As Hayden Christensen.
0: No, I really enjoyed him. In Phantom, I thought he was one of the saving graces. Like, I remember more of his dialogue than probably anybody else in this movie. Like, you will be a Jedi, I promise. It's still a very poignant line to me. Even though the dialogue in the prequels isn't exactly the greatest.
1: No Star Wars is great for scripts. Especially not the prequels, though. But,
0: you know, little lines like that. Like, his whole exchange with... Qui-Gon in the opening scene of the movie as they're making the way into the Trade Federation dome, you get a, a real sense that these two do have great mutual respect for each other even though they're Master and Apprentice. I think Ewan McGregor portrays that a lot and it is cemented a lot by who I didn't even know was Liam Neeson at the time, an excellent Qui-Gon Jinn
1: who sadly only does one movie, mm-hmm. which is very disappointing. Oh. <clears throat> I don't deny that they have a good relationship. I do like his relationship with Qui-Gon Jinn. Whenever it's those two on screen... It works very well. I just don't think Hugh McGregor. It's more a problem I have with clones. I think I best save my Hugh McGregor rant until clones. Yeah, we get to Jack clones. Now Liam Neeson is kind of shortchanged in this movie. Really is. He was an excellent Jedi, like almost to the point of like being almost an archetype for what the Jedi should be: wise, skillful. You know,
0: t- he's like the last of the old guard. When you when you put him alongside the other Jedi council members who don't really do anything, even Mace Windu doesn't really do anything in this movie. Yoda doesn't doesn't do anything in this movie apart from, you know, what is probably arguably the most iconic line of the prequels. But we'll come to that later on. Um, Qui Gon's the one who instigates the entire chain of events. He's the one who wants to take Anakin in, who knows he can be this. This pivotal force who believes he can bring balance to the force, essentially. Um, so he really sets off everything that goes on. Because he is the... Well, it, I suppose you, you could call him an old
1: Knight of the Republic. Let's uh, see what he did there, Michael. It's good, that, it? I actually think he's the closest analogy we get to Luke Skywalker in the prequels. Probably. In terms that he is a Jedi, but he's not you know he's not like the footy dudies on the jedi council the you no know, peace and everything we can't do anything if you think about proactive if you think about now
0: now that we can't say it's you know in a week's time but we can say now that star wars is six films yes you can chronicleize it's it's the it's the journey of Anakin <clears throat> Skywalker yep that begins and ends with two great men and those two great men are Qui-Gon jinn and luke skywalker both have green lightsabers both
1: have green lightsabers mhm mm. by the way Green is the best colour for a lightsaber. Yes. All the really cool Jedis have the green lightsabers. I'm talking Qui-Gon, Yoda, Luke. Done. Um, so yeah, I, I, you always wish they, Qui-Gon would have stuck it out and made it to clones. Obviously it wouldn't have worked for the story as well, but you do miss him. And there was the rumour he was meant to appear in Episode 3 as a Force ghost. That would have been so the good. The story is that he was, he was such a fantastic Jedi such one with the Force, even to the point of, you know... Surpassing the likes of Yoda, he was the first person ever to become a Force Ghost, and it's him that teaches Obi Wan, and by proxy See. teaches Yoda how to do it. That would have been awesome. I think it was a scheduling thing. It wasn't like Qui Gon, so Qui Liam Neeson said no because Liam Neeson has returned to voice Qui Gon in one of the animated series. I can't remember either,
0: which either one. Clones or The Clone Wars or Rebels. I can't remember
1: but one of the two. But he has been
0: back, so he, not he, Rebels. He'd be dead by then. Yeah, uh, Clone. No, but well, he could be The Force
1: Ghosts. No, 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 you voiced him in all the video games. I'm positive he's been in a cartoon as well. Probably in a flashback. Yes. Um, Oh,
0: it was a flashback in Star Wars The Clown Wars. Got
1: it. That's what it was. Poor Quiggy. Uh, You will be missed, Liam. You had a great death scene. He did. You really stoked the fire. You got the ball rolling. You you, you were the n-
0: entire reason that I struggled to get through the last level of the official Phantom of Menace video
1: game. So I was <laughs> no. like, I want to play as Quiggy. Never- yeah, he was the best character on the Phantom Menace yeah. game. He got the best levels. He was in Tatooine, dicking about. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the best episodes. Um, I hated the puzzles on that level. But let's talk about the movie. Um, um, well, of course, Qui-Gon's the one that leads us to... What well, is the main character of the Star Wars saga. you think it's Luke. The original trilogy, point. But no. At this point, anyway. It is
0: little Anakin Skywalker. It is. It's Jake Lloyd, the man who never had a career.
1: He really didn't. No, he he hates Star he Wars, did though. this movie and that was it. And he hates Star Wars. Well, this is often something brought up as one of the many criticisms of Phantom Menace. Do you think Jake Lloyd was too young? They cast... The diabolical Darth Vader too young in the opening Gambit.
0: It would have worked if they hadn't have made him so much older in Attack of the Clones. It's a retroactive mistake. I can believe that they young put Anakin. A man on the moon. Yeah. Man on the moon. Stop. Uh, I can believe that young that young Anakin Skywalker could have such a great knowledge I say, great pair of the force, because <laughs> we're not using the M word. Can have yeah. such a great tandem with the force at such a young age. And his scenes show that. Because I'm, I'm not going to defend Jake Lloyd's acting because most child actors suck. We cover this Jake Lloyd come. or Hayden Christensen. This is something we'll come to in the Attack of the Clones. Okay. Um, because then we can answer. really talk about Hayden Christensen. <laughs> um, but his scenes piloting the Naboo <laughs> Starfighter the pod racing his interactions with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are all really good. Again it's not due to the acting it's not due to the scripting it's due to the fact that these scenes seem believable when you know that this is the man who will be Darth Vader
1: see I'm the opposite opinion I don't I think he was too young I don't think he was far off had they made him 13 just becoming a teenager that angst is not going to be boiling up like he's in Christian when he's a proper stroppy 19 year old but yeah. I think he was too innocent and too playful to really think that's Darth Vader. You don't really start putting the piece together until all that weight comes down on Hayden Christensen. It's such a one hundred and eighty degree character turn from Jake Lloyd to Hayden Christensen, to Anakin. That I really don't. Have, I think they I could know. offend...
0: There is a scene in Sith that we'll come to in the Sith review that I think justifies the one hundred and eighty. But we'll talk about that in the Sith review.
1: Okay, but just, just again, this is me fantasy booking. A lot of this is going to be fantasy booking when it comes to fixing the Phantom Menace. I would have had him at thirteen. Plus, then the the age difference between Padme and Anakin is not as jarring. Oh God, it's really jarring it in really the first movie. Are, she's, are you an angel? She's clearly. I'm oh eighteen. God. Stop. Oh, I that. Because there is, so he's like, I think he's meant to be ten. Something like that. So there's a, so there's only an eight year difference between them in storyline wise, but. You know, Is, it, is she going to be 18? I, th- I think she, so. She's very close to it, if not. But it's n- still Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman is a full-grown woman still. Yeah. <laughs> and clearly, and this is a boy. I think if you would pitched him just slightly older, and he was like, his voice had started to break, for example. I think then the bridging of the gap in episode two and three, a lot easier to do, but yeah. Yeah. He was fine for what he had to do. Jake, Jake Lloyd, I think he was, he played the optimistic kid well, but I don't think that was right for Anakin. It
0: wasn't exactly right to make him a relatable child character for young people like us because we liked Anakin and we knew who Anakin was, but we liked Anakin at that point. For the man who would be Darth Vader and the man who will be Darth Vader, it doesn't make sense.
1: Even then, they could have hinted at it slightly more. There is no darkness in Anakin. There was no one, hint of evil, not even slightly.
0: There was sadness and
1: there was fear, which I suppose brings us to well, you know, there there, there is some. Pockets of Darth Vaderism and Anakin, because he is the legendary Anakin Skywalker. Prior to becoming Darth Vader, he was the legendary Anakin Skywalker. One of the greatest Jellos of all time. The man who will bring balance to the Force. In particular, for his um, flying abilities in starships. Hence, we get what some people point to as the highlight of episode one. It's one of them. Pod racing. I like pod racing.
0: I just want to get that out there. I don't. I know you don't. This is where we're going to contend. In Star Wars, it doesn't make any sense to have a race scene. This is what I'm saying. But it's a very, very well-made scene. Like the 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 pod race feels like it has momentum, and it feels like it has, and it does. It it opens up the world of Star Wars. You have several different races all gathering on Tatooine because you know the Great Boonta Eve race is. Uh, it's a celebration. It's what a lot like um the celebration of the destruction of the Death Star becomes. Later on, boon to Eve is something that's so set into the Star Wars mythos, you believe that this is what they would do, yeah. and you get granted not great introductions or great characters, but Sabolpa was cool. Nah, nah, um, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, for reasons.
1: It's nah, nah. <laughs> my Sebulba impression.
0: It was good, but yeah. that race <laughs> felt great, and I will say, if this movie was just made to sell toys and video games. It still spawned one of the greatest video games of all time in Star Wars Racer. So just for that
1: alone, I will let pod racing off. But I genuinely enjoy it. And I think, again, back at the day, I love pod racing. I was running around. I live in a cul-de-sac. Do you know the amount of times I've run around that circle pretending to be a pod racer? Yeah. Hundreds of times. And even today, when I'm turning on air conditioning and the Rio heater thing in the back <laughs> of my car, I do most of the time picture myself as Anakin flicking all the little tiny knobs. Yeah. <laughs> And on the, oh, God, the, the arcade costume. version of Star Wars Racer actually had the two. I know, it was great. Good Lord, that was great. Anyway, the movie. Um, I just think it's such a out-of-place thing for a Star No, I, I, I admit it brings balance to the Force. To the force. <laughs> it, it brings a nice variety. There is no other scene like the pod racing scenes in all of Star Wars, but there are no other scenes like it in the rest of Star Wars. That's kind of a positive and a negative. You know what It would have been great? If mm. the pod racing scene stays... But we get a mirrored scene
0: of, of a similar known race in the Star Wars universe in later episodes. We know it by the, the name the Kessler Run. If there was a mirrored scene in Sith, I feel like it would have had a bit more legitimacy. But it doesn't. Even though pod racing is cool, it doesn't make any sense to appear in that movie. But good Lord, the Lego sets were good of it, right?
1: Oh God, yes. <laughs> and, uh, like I said, I'm not blind to all the benefits of it. It just... It's always jarred me. It's always been like, you know, planeting problem, you know, we've got stuff to do. Just steal the engine. Just steal the T-16. I oh, don't give a crap. Just get on with things. Look, there's no need to be afraid of the idea because fear He's is the path, the path to the dark, dark side. side. <laughs> Quick word on Puppet Yoda. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I admired Who their attempt. he looked incredibly stoned. <laughs> he, looked, he, he looked like... Yoda's brother, <laughs> as opposed to Yoda. Like, they weren't really the same colour, or the same look. It was weird. So they've replaced it. I will give George Lucas credit for this. He, he, looked, more, r- he looked more wrinkly in that. He did. <laughs> but they went back, they replaced him with CGI Yoda, which I think was the correct move. Yeah. CGI Yoda from Clones and Series, ten times better than the puppet thing. Yeah, but the
0: puppet thing in Empire <clears throat> is way better than the puppet thing in the original Phantom Cut. Well, like, yeah, of course but, but CGI Yoda does look better.
1: But... He does get to deliver what is probably one of the most quoted lines from all of Star Wars. Even people that hate Phantom Menace will dabble in a bit of fear is the path path to the dark side. Fear leads leads to to anger. Anger 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 leads leads to to hate. Hate Hate. leads to suffering. You didn't leave the pause. Damn it. Hate leads Leads to to suffering. suffering. (laughs) I sense much fear in you. It is. an excellent Maybe It's the
0: one bit that Yoda actually gets in the right order. Isn't that
1: funny? In you, much fear I sense. Yeah, True. So George Lucas loses points for... No, 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 because that
0: gives it extra weight. That's what makes that line so iconic.
1: That Yoda bothered to say it correctly. <laughs> yeah, Yoda know, was and like,
0: dude, I'm going to put the bong down for a second and get this one right.
1: I do love that line. That, that may be one of the best lines George Lucas has ever committed to paper. For all his flaws as a script writer, and there are many. That's an excellent line, and... Yeah, maybe the best line of all the prequels. Even down to all the slangy matches that we get into later with Anakin and Obi. Uh, that still might be my favourite line in all of... You know no, it's not in all of Star Wars. Certainly in the prequels. Certainly in the prequels, in it's up there. It's top three for me. I'd have to figure out what the other two are. but <laughs> Maybe top one, we never know. Um, we haven't touched on everyone's favourite person in this movie.
0: We haven't. Somebody who's since come back in a lot of
1: expanded the universe material as well. That yeah. seemed like current in-canon I know. Stuff. Even though he was very dead. Oh, very, very, very dead. dead. Very in half. The one guy that everyone points to and unanimously said no. He was awesome. Darth freaking
0: Paul. He was great. Mm. Portrayed by Ray Park, voiced by Peter Serafin, which, which made no good. sense.
1: It <laughs> still makes no sense to this day. When he does it with a bell jar and just yeah. something. but But
0: <clears throat> it's the fact that it's the dude from Shaun of the Dead. All, all I want to do is dub over Pete. lines. <laughs> yeah, Pete. It's four in the fucking morning. <laughs> Can you imagine
1: that as he's talking we to we stayed scenes. up by taking two on <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Darth Maul, I remember the Halloween of 2000. Everybody was Darth Maul. Oh. I was Obi Wan Kenobi and had the little braid thing. I was pretty happy. Darth Maul was just—he is, right. Just in terms of taking things from the originals and building on them, as opposed to knocking them down, as most of did. For one, he has two lightsabers in one. Right now, right? Here's another thing: his face was on
0: all the merchandising. It was his face and Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, and it was this gold. It was the gold, black, and red colouring. Very similar to what we're seeing now with Kylo Ren, which is a bit weird. I haven't seen posters. You know this Michael. No, 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 like merchandise like Toys in and Boxes Myra feature the helmet of Kylo Ren. At, right. At the minute. And this is what it happened at the time because Moore was the character they were selling the movie on. Moore was this unstoppable Sith Force. He, he was he was a puppet, yes. He was the apprentice of the man in the shadows, the man that we'd later know
1: is the Emperor. Yes. Um And he ushered ushered in what is, again, another great thing about the prequels. They did take the lightsaber battle to a whole different level. They took
0: it seriously. It was choreographed properly. And I don't mean like, I'm going to go left now, you're going to go right now. It's going to be like, there's going to be flips. It's going to be
1: across floors, over rooms, over planets at some points. If you look... At the original trilogy's lightsaber battles, they are memorable and fantastic because of the gravitas of the situation, and the emotion of Luke versus Vader. Not so much what's actually going on. They're not bad by any means. It's not like it's a, like a slow, clumsy thing like Kenobi and Vader. Yeah,
0: Kenobi, Vader
1: was. But it's built on the on the raw emotion of the situation. Whereas this is an action movie. Yeah. This is the raid in Star Wars form. This it is... is
0: I just reme- I remember very quickly because Darth Maul just being how quick and fearsome he was. I just remember him, uh, before he gets his lightsaber cut in half, him versus Obi-Wan, and there's just the mad move where he goes
1: behind the back, at the front, he goes, "Zum, zum, zum!" block. Ah! I was thinking the exact same thing. And just, everything the man does, even when he's on his stupid little speeder bike, he makes that look cool. Yeah. And his first fight against Qui-Gon, he's, Perfect because he's like, You don't know. Quailon's like, I don't know what just hit us. Yeah. Something we've not seen for tens of thousands of years has just come and kicked my ass, and I had to rely on the spaceship to get me out of yeah. this place. Just perfectly. Everything about Darth Maul, his handling is perfect. There's no other word for it other than just 100% nailed, smash out the park, without doubt. Even the little things. When he has to open the door, he just points. At the little beep beep picket droid and goes, You there. Yeah. Into the control panel, smash it, opens the door. That is boom. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't just think that. about it, it's just bam. Just bam 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 bam. He has what, five lines? Five words even. I mean probably the last we've made ourselves to the At last we'll have revenge. That's that... probably it. And that was in the trailer, so you know. You know, know. <laughs> what I mean? How'd they build see to... now, Darth Maul is well, I think everyone... When people look at Boba Fett and think he's the baddest man alive, I've never understood that. I think Darth Maul did it better doing something similar. Very few lines, you know, basically next to nothing about him, but just unstoppably badass on a level that Boba Fett never was. And he came back. He, he was in Clone Wars. He, he's supposedly going to be
0: making an appearance in Rebels in Series 2, like apparently, if rumours are to be believed. Mm-hmm. But he came back in
1: Clone Wars with his brother... And still died after his brother. Uh, (laughs) Like, you know. Just everything about him. He has horns on his head. Then you realise when you read the Expanded Universe stuff, the black parts are a tattoo. Yeah. He's red and (laughs) and he had that stuff painted. We could gush about Darth Maul until the cows came home. If they ever get round to making a Star Wars fighting game... You know he's going to be a number one choice of everybody. Yeah. The first time they get on that, like, I don't want to play No, just give me Darth Maul. He was amazing on Battlefront.
0: Yeah, he's
1: saber throw with the dual ends yes. can just wipe out everybody. <sighs> but
0: we're getting off track again, so we'll just quickly touch on on the other parts of the finale of of Phantom. Yeah, because uh, there was the space battle with the with the Naboo Starfighter fleet going up against Trade Federation ships, which showed off. Um, Anakin doing his
1: thing. And the Nab- Naboo Starfighter, I think, an underappreciated vehicle. I do like the Naboo they Starfighter. They were good in um, in Rogue Leader. They were, they were really quite really. nimble. They were like an A-Wing, but a bit more powerful.
0: And in general, Starfighter, they were very good as well. Uh, and, of course, there's the other action scene. There's
1: two actually. you be refer to. There's actually four things going on at the end of Phantom Menace. Because you've got...
0: Okay, Storming... Okay, you've got the lightsaber battle. Right, storming so- the Naboo
1: Citadel. Storming th- the, the Thief Palace, yeah. your um- Thief
0: Palace, sorry. Yeah. Um, the... Space the, Battle. The space Battle. And the
1: Battle on the Planes. Yeah.
0: Droids versus Gungans.
1: Yes. Droids <sighs> versus <sighs> Gungans. Now, admittedly, all the stuff from. Right, if you just take Jar Jar out of that battle, that's actually a very cool battle. Hmm. It's it's two species we've. Species. A species. And technically, it is. Yeah. It's two species we've never seen before, and. Well, you see the droids more after, but. Well,
0: those, those battle droids are still quite iconic. Even though they're dumb, they're still quite iconic. They are. And, and I enjoy
1: the noise they make. Wow! As well, they get pushed over. In the first. Movie, they actually take them quite seriously. They can't kind of like they cannon fodder in the second and third one when they invent the super battle droid and the droidy cars and stuff. They're actually quite intimidating when you see the loading out scene where they're just unloading them from the carriers. Yeah, that's a pretty. When cool they just got
0: hundreds of them, and the then but... start
1: up the energy generator. They're, like I said, you take Jar hit that battle. That could have been a really cool battle. I
0: still think the the atmosphere of the calm before the storm before the battle um, on the Boofields fields. is cool. Is cool because, like you say, the, the shields go up, the droids come down, and they look
1: menacing. But then we get. They are broken! Oh god. Uh, he has to ruin everything, doesn't he? Yep. He even ruined droidy cars. How can you ruin droidy We haven't even mentioned droidy cars. They're the coolest thing ever. In Battlefront. They, they they're good. not going to be in Battlefront, and that hurts me to my soul because there was no greater fun in Battlefront 2 than rolling up to a load of people, popping out, doing <laughs> this. He even does it in, like a cool <laughs> Spider Man like what you got what you got they oh. call me Cuban Beat and the king of the Rumble beat oh no the shields were in it roll away yeah off you go you hear one of them approaching oh god no. <laughs> oh shit and Jar Jar ruins it all yep basically so let's there were cool ideas the Gungan energy balls the droid tanks there's a lot of cool stuff but as usual Jar Jar ruins everything and oh boss Nas. yeah that good, guy good on you Brian Brian Blessed full reasons let's just do it just for the just one uh, two three gone with him feel better now Gordon's alive he's not coming with the goongans Jar Jar's alive oh do <laughs> no he's not he's very dead very very dead yeah, let's ignore that Storming to Feed Paris meh <laughs> Captain Panaka who you got to play in the episode one who, game who again I think his name was mentioned once yeah and he was... gets replaced in the second one yeah which is a bit disappointing um, but he wasn't ethnicity. Yay! We got one. <laughs> we got one. We did it. Um. Yeah. So storming the feed post from there. Yeah. The lightsaber battle. Yeah.
0: Oh my sweet. You know what? I still the, the hearing the music. The music. Oh my god. We haven't talked about the music. Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates is quite possibly the best thing about the prequels. But we have got a video We've going said that up. We've
1: five times.
0: We've got a video going up today. Of what are the best things about the prequels? And obviously, Duel of the Fates will be in that list. One of John
1: Williams's. Best work,
0: probably the one of the most iconic songs in Star Wars history, next to the, the Imperial March and the main
1: theme. One that had just gone on and been one of those songs that has like surpassed its movie. You hear it at football stadiums all the time. Yeah, i used to come out to it. They've since dropped it in favor of the, of Insomnia, but mm. I like Insomnia. Man. But yeah, um, just a fantastic, and it just adds to this like but if you just see an original trilogy and you should see none of the trailers like I'm doing you came into this thinking you might see a, a lightsaber fight on a similar battle No, this is lightsaber battles on steroids the music is much faster there's, do, 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 do. there's so many things going on and it's all so beautifully choreographed and then but even then you still get the pay folks at the end of the energy shield doors shutting that never made any sense to me No. but meh. and then you think it's oh god it's Qui-Gon versus more they're quite quiggy straight through oh poor Quiggy uh,
0: um, but yeah but just to curtail the whole thing and come to a conclusion the film starts and ends with some of the most iconic music of all time the main Star Wars theme in all it's glory and I still quite like the celebration not the celebration theme but the ah, 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 ah. that's still an iconic dun, thing dun, even, dun, if, dun, dun, dun. Yep. even if it's not that good it's still iconic Yeah, it is I still remember that Pooh!
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, no. Um, (laughs) But the whole thing is just... It still looks good today. That's the thing. A Phantom has its redeeming qualities. It's still a good-looking movie. It's still got Darth Maul. The battles changed everything. The music is incredible. The set design is great. The costumes are great. The settings are great because it's Star Wars and this universe makes sense. It's just let down by
1: poor moments. Bit of poor acting and a terrible script a boring story a just boring a story god awful story that makes just pot- we, we didn't really touch on that the whole politics of the situation and the trade federation and all the racism that goes along with that and because I don't think he bears repeating it's no. just such a it opens with tax credits in the opening scroll of Star Wars <laughs> yeah they could have found so many infinitely better ways of getting around it but all those things you said are true it's a, it's a it's a, pretty bad movie with some outstanding... I still think the finale is up there with the rest of the Star Wars ones. It's just a bad movie with a fantastic ending yeah. pinned on. It, because you don't really care about the characters, it's not up there with the likes of the original trilogy and Sith and stuff like no, that. No. But there, there is a lot of good to be found in this otherwise awful movie. So I think it might be worth a revisit. Now, don't get us wrong. We're both in agreement. It is a bad movie. Oh, it's a bad movie. There is. There's no getting around the fact that it's not a bad movie. See, even Vince McMahon agrees with his happy, smiley face. Um, <laughs> what is that background? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I, so, if you're going to, if you're thinking of, I want to watch all the Star Wars movies, but oh, Phantom. There are ways to watch Phantom quicker. Yeah. If you know the storyline, just it's just called. Yes, yeah, I say it's called getting the DVD and skipping to Jewel of the Fates. There we go. Anytime Darth Maul is on the scene, or there's some pod racing. You're good. Yeah. You're going to have a good time. You are.
0: Well. And to close out the review, midi-chlorians. <laughs> okay, yeah, see, we'll
1: you see, we'll see you next time. Well, we have, of course, um, tomorrow we're going to be journeying on because obviously at the end of the movie, Darth Maul is no more. He's cutting. Darth Maul is no more. Darth, Darth, Darth Maul is, is no, no more. more. He's cutting off by Obi Wan in kind of a stupid move. Why well, you can just stab me in the air, I don't know. But Yeah. Everyone says he's going to take on Little Anakin. He's going to be his um, mentor, even though he's against the Wishes Jedi Council. And we all know where that leads. Of course, tomorrow we get to talk about the real kicking-off point for the prequels. A big step up in quality, if not up to the levels of the rest of the Star Wars trilogy. For tomorrow, we are talking about Attack of the Clones. Fantastic. Join us tomorrow
0: for Day 2 of Star Wars Week. For the Attack of the Clones review. And of course, don't forget to check out YouTube. Because all this week, you are going to be getting brand new videos throughout the world of Star Wars. Every
1: day! Every every day! Every day! day,
0: Up to the release, and including the release of uh, Force Awakens. Um, Today, it's the top five best bits from the prequel, some of which we've discussed here, but you will hear about them in more detail in our video. And, of course, tomorrow you've got the clones review and a look at the best spin-offs of the Star Wars universe. So make sure you're listening to our SoundCloud, make sure you're looking at our YouTube page, and, of course, go to our website at phalanctainment.com for more Star Wars goodness and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Go bye.